the volume. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Toyo Open Country AT3. But did you know they sell other automotive products, wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. Turn first-round picks like Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. Visit PaniniAmerica.net today. This episode is brought to you by Third Love. With or without Valentine's Day, it's important to celebrate all the special people in your life, including yourself. So treat them and yourself to a little something from Third Love. Their luxurious bras, underwear, and ultra-soft sleepwear hug better, support longer, and love you right back, which make them perfect to show your appreciation. And for a little me time, upgrade to pieces that love your body as much as you do. And right now, get 20% off your first order at thirdlove.com pod. This episode is brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Want to hear the shortest scary story ever? Vaping can put toxic metals like nickel, lead, and chromium in your lungs. That's metal in your lungs. The end. Read more about the dangers of vaping on therealcost.gov. The J-Boy Show is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to bet all the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. Uh, there's one. Uh, there's many reasons why I like using it. I mean, betting on the NFL, they're America's number one sportsbook. It's easy to use, it's safe and secure, but I love the fast payouts. I'm huge on that, and you get it as quick as two hours. That's tough to find and even harder to beat. Uh, and, you know... The convenience of it, you know, that there's a lot going on. There's a lot of games, whether it's live betting, whether it's betting before the games, you know, the spread, are you taking the overs, the unders? They make it unbelievably easy to use. And the boosts, the odds, the specials that they run uh, are unbelievable. You get risk-free bets and same-game parlays. You get enhanced odd markets and a ton more. It's just a win-win for everybody. And if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now and sign up with the promo code JBOY. That's J-B-O-Y. Let them know that I sent you. 21 and older and present in Arizona. 
Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789 or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. Live from the College Football Hall of Fame, welcome to the J-Boy Show on the volume. Presented by FanDuel and hosted by Jake Crane. This is Roman Harper. This is Derek Stingley Jr. This is David Pollock, and you're watching the J-Boy Show. And you're watching the J-Boy Show. Thanks for watching the J-Boy Show. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Monday pre-recorded J-Boy Show. We're going to be going live the rest of the week, Tuesday through on from Las Vegas. Have some unbelievable interviews for you guys. Uh, got the College Football Awards, so it's going to be awesome. We appreciate y'all. Booster Club, I know you guys are watching live. Uh, we obviously can't take questions. We're breaking the space-time continuum here, uh, but there's so much news. I, I got to jump right into it. Uh, we're going to talk about Cincinnati, the, the top four that came out. Uh, obviously, Cincinnati getting in. That's something we've talked about. I know we're going to have Tim Brando back on here because we're going to get our Bama Cincy matchup. So I'm excited about that. We're going to talk to Re- uh, Rusty Manzel from Dogs 247 uh, about the loss. Can Georgia bounce back? And is this a blip or is this cause for more concern? We've got to play five questions, something we enjoy doing, uh, especially coming off a of championship weekend and now looking at the coaching carousel. You're looking at Mario Cristobal at Miami, Venables at Oklahoma. Uh, so we got a great show for you. And I want to hop right in. And we're, we're going to dive through the games that went down Saturday. But I want to talk about the four that came out. Cincinnati at four. And you all know how I feel about Cincinnati. I don't believe they're one of the top four teams in the country. But as of about two, three weeks ago, kind of came to terms with, you know what? We need to see it. It, it needs to happen so we can find out either way. Because at the end of the day, the narrative is going to stay the same until it happens. So now everybody that was saying, oh, well, no group of five team will ever get in because it's a totalitarian committee that only cares about this. Well, you can't say that anymore. That That's dead. That theory has died. Uh, so at the end of the day, since he's going to get their shot against Bama, they get to be David going against Goliath. The only problem is I don't think a slingshot's going to save it. And when you look at the matchup, and we're going to keep diving and keep diving and keep diving. I talked about this on the recap yesterday. It's a game of matchups, especially when you get into championship games. I don't see one position group where Cincinnati is better than Alabama. You could say maybe at corner, maybe. Mm. We know Cincinnati's really talented at corner, but this game is going to come down to what all games come down to. And that's up front. And it's not just your first five offensive linemen. It's not your first three, four defensive line. It's depth and talent over time equals wins. I just, I know Cincinnati will get up for this, but the difference is this, guys. And Blaine Cohn, I mean, we've talked about this at Nas. This isn't a one-off bowl game situation. This isn't Cincinnati versus Georgia last year where you may be playing in a New Year's Six, but six guys are opting out. You are going to get full-speed Bama. You are going to get a full-throated effort from Alabama because championships are on the line. So there's no more of this, oh, well, you know, we played it close, or, well, Auburn beat UCF, or UCF beat Auburn in 2017 with seven guys sitting out. No, we're going to find out if the best group of five team, which I've said ever, Cincinnati's the best group of five team ever, we're going to find out if they're really about it or not. And I'm going to tell you right now, Alabama opens as a 13.5-point favorite. I love it. I'm taking it right now. 
Bama is not going to not get up for this game. This is a championship-level game. There's no hiding from this one. And Bama's going to be healthy, very healthy. Yeah. They've obviously fixed the problems on the offensive line. But when I look at this matchup, it's a great story. And I've said it, and I've said it, and I've said it. Cincinnati is a great story. But I don't think they're an elite team. I just thank God we're going to be able to see it. So we'll know. So Alabama wins 42-14, 45-21. Maybe we can just stop all the madness and the love fest and that they should be in because it's a cool story. Well, like I said, you want to know what else is a cool story? Little Red Riding Hood. She ain't (laughs) playing Bama in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this needed to happen, right? As a college football sure. fan, just everybody, they needed to see this happen just so they'll know. And you really look at this matchup, and you, you hit on earlier, Jake, you're not only getting an Alabama team, but you're getting a healthy Alabama team. And you learn from watching this past weekend, Alabama plays their best when the lights are the brightest. They are sure. bathed in the championship and tradition of these type of games. You saw a Bama team last weekend that you haven't seen the entire year. When the lights are the brightest, you see the best, and you see what kind of Bama did against Georgia, and they put it in whose hands? They put it in Bryce Young's hands. And you look at that mm-hmm. matchup for Bryce Young and Desmond Ritter, you know, and you look at Cincinnati, and they kind of get going with the run. They want to get going with the run. They set up the play actions for the big tight ends, and that's how they want to play football. And, you know, the real question you look at this matchup is, are you going to see Sauce Gardner in this game follow J-Mo, Jameson Williams for Alabama around the field. Is he going to lock down one half of the field or is he going to follow and then you look into the Mechie's health but this is what we wanted to see because when you look at this uh, th- this matchup with this Cincinnati team, what do we all think about up front, right? That's what we want to see. We want to see up front on both sides of the ball, how they match up and there's a reason this game's 13 and a half and I think you're right, Jake. If it's me, I am jumping all over this 13 and a half because you're not only getting a Bama team but you're getting a healthy and Code, yeah, I'm, know, gonna, Code, I'm gonna throw this to ahead. you before you start, but if you don't mind, mm-hmm. I'm gonna throw this to you because I want your expertise on this. When I look at this, and we always talk about balance on offense, right? Your mm-hmm. former Michigan quarterback, you understand balance better than Jimmins. But when I look at it, I know I have a good feeling that Alabama will be able to run the ball against Cincinnati, which opens up everything. Bryce Young being able to extend plays. Blaine talked about JMO. I look at Cincinnati, Will Anderson and them aren't messing around up front. If Cincinnati's not able to run the ball, do you think Desmond Ritter, who's been regarded NFL guy, was a Heisman candidate, this and the other, is good enough to throw Cincy to a dub? Well, uh, against the Alabama team that I watched yesterday, no, of course not. Um, You know, (laughs) Alabama has had inconsistencies. But look, it's very clear that Cincinnati has an elite defense, right? Because uh, Houston is a good football team. Okay, Houston is a good football team, and I said that if, if, if Cincinnati is able to beat them and beat them handedly, that they are going to make the playoff, and that's what they did. Now, as much as I would rather see Ohio State go and play Alabama because that's a very good football team, or maybe even a Baylor team go and play Alabama, and I think Vegas would rather see that too as, as you see these odds come out, that's not what we're going to get, and I would rather see Cincinnati go play this game than, say, a Notre Dame, you know, like what we've been mm-hmm. talking about before. They've done everything that's asked of them, and it's not their team's fault you know who they get scheduled they're they're, they're undefeated and they're going to go get their chance now what I am frustrated about is we've had to sit here Jake for weeks and weeks and months and months and listen to pundits cry and complain that Cincinnati would never be able to get their chance and they deserve a chance and then the rankings come out today there they go they're ranked four right they're going to get their chance at Alabama and the first thing I see is Robert Griffin the third on ESPN
again complaining that it's unfair for Cincinnati to have to go and play Alabama in the first round because they're going to be judged on that. I'm like, listen, listen, when you make a 14 playoff, you're going to face the juggernauts. He said it's unfair that they would have to go face a juggernaut with just three hours before Alabama was ranked three and only one spot ahead of them. Who do you think you're going to go play when you make a 14 playoff? Are you telling me you'd rather go play Georgia? You'd rather go play a Michigan team the way they look the past few weeks? If you're looking around the room, okay, and you don't know who the weak link is, it may be you. That's exactly right. And, and listen, I got a lot of respect for RG3. was a hell of a player uh, at Baylor, had a great career. But he's saying some off-the-wall stuff. He said Florida should hire Tim Tebow. to be. I just think he's saying stuff right now. But please explain to me. And see, this is what I worry about sometimes in society these days. All right, you want your shot? Then you're going to complain about getting your shot. Well, uh, I would say this to what RG3 said. You can't have your cake and eat it too, man. Mm-hmm. If you want to be one of the big dogs, here's your shot. You think Luke Fickles saying, oh, no, we got to play Alabama. No, they want the smoke. And, you know, good for them. But to say that, oh, well, they shouldn't have to play a joke. Well, then who should they play? Who exactly. should they play? Who should they play? That That's an asinine statement. RG3 is smarter than that. I don't know why he'd say that. He's as competitive as anybody. And I guarantee you, if he was the quarterback at Cincinnati, he wouldn't be afraid to go play Bama. Stop bailing him out before the game starts. You, you crown him, then crown him. But stick with it. That's the thing. that They always have to change the argument once they get proven wrong. First it was, oh, nobody respects Cincinnati. They'll never get in the playoff, this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. Then they get in the playoff, and they don't have an answer for it, so they just start saying more wild stuff. So, you know, they can leave that at the front door. I've got a ton of respect for RG3. I actually think it does a pretty good job. Um, but that's an assigned statement. That's just trying to make news, in my opinion. Uh, but speaking about making news, you know, a lot of Georgia fans, Georgia fans, excuse me, college football fans, SEC fans in general will say, you know, is this Georgia loss a huge cause for concern? Is it a blip on the radar screen? Was it the perfect storm? And here's where I go with that. Here, If I was a Georgia fan, here's where I'd be worried. Alabama's offensive line has not played great, really, consistently the whole season. I mean, there's multiple. I mean, use the Auburn game, use the LSU game, uh, a couple others. But Georgia defensively has not we talked about it Conan you said it Georgia's been able to dictate the terms on defense because they do it up front they don't have to bring pressure to apply pressure they can do it with four yesterday not only was the four man not working from a pass rush standpoint and when it did Bryce was able to elude and get rid of the ball or elude and run for first downs and touchdowns when they were bringing six uh, I mean five six man pressures they weren't getting home uh, uh, at all, really, to be honest with you. How many times was Bryce Young on the ground? You saw a few batted passes. Like I said, you saw him extend plays and make plays, and they weren't able to get him to the ground. One time they almost had him. He was able to kick it out uh, to the running back there for about 18, 19 yards. We're going to talk with Rusty Manziel about that. But to me, if you're Georgia, the thing you do best was really kind of bottled up. So you start looking, if you're Dan Lanning, and you're saying, well, are we going to have to start bringing a ton of pressure to be able to get pressure? Is it worth bringing pressure if we're not able to get him on the ground and we have to leave JMO one-on-one? Are we have to leave Mechie if he's healthy one-on-one? So to me, that's the biggest question Georgia has to answer. And look, people will say the Stetson Bennett and, and the JT Daniels situation, and I get that. And whenever you lose, it's easy to go there. But Georgia did score 24 points. But if you're asking Stetson Bennett to throw it 48 times to win, that's not going to work. 
That's like asking your seven-foot center to shoot 33s to win a basketball game when he's just a big man that works down on the block. That's not what they do. Alabama was able to bottle up the run game, especially after the first quarter when Georgia jumped out. But if I'm a Georgia fan, I'm starting to worry if Bama can neutralize my pass rush, then they have a chance to test a secondary that really hasn't had to be tested yeah. because of what has gone on in the Georgia games, if you look, and that's why we've compared them to gravity. And, and you know, Nick, Nick Saban put his anti-gravity boots on all Saturday. The problem is Georgia has been able to say, all right, it's the third quarter. You guys are down 17. You guys are down 24. We know you have to throw it. That changes the way you operate and it changes the way we operate and it makes you one dimensional. And we saw if Bama is able to protect, which they were, they are good enough out wide with the athletes they have to put pressure on a Georgia secondary that really, as I said, hasn't gotten tested throughout the year because they haven't had to be tested. No, yeah, I would agree. But let, let's talk about this all, uh, Alabama offensive line for a second. Like, at the end of the day, they have played below average compared to an Alabama offensive line, but these are still four-star and five-star yeah. big yeah. and physical and fast football players. And, right, you know, for a cause for concern for Georgia here, I don't even think the cause for concern would only be Alabama because at the end of the day, there's one person on Alabama who no one has, and that's Bryce Young. Right, that's Bryce Young, and I hit it on this last week. This guy in the pocket is absolutely elite, and it's not—it's—it's it's throwing medium, it's throwing the deep ball, it's finding the quick checks when they do bring the fifth and sixth guy. Being able to extend plays not only outside the pocket but up the pocket, throw throw balls on the run, and you saw that. And you compared this old Georgia defense almost to one of the old Alabama defenses that were so good. But what kind of hurt those old Alabama defenses? It's a great call right here. Throw and move and, and create havoc. And you saw that. And they took deep shots to J-Mo, who at the end of the day, you can't teach speed. And the front seven for Georgia is elite, but they haven't been extremely tested on the back end, especially with guys who they look in the eye and like, wow, they're just as good as I am being what, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, running a 4'3". I think J-Mo could run on water and not get his feet wet. And you saw the deep shots that they took in one-on-one -on -one coverage. And a guy like Meshi who can find the zone, who can read the coverage, and a quarterback like Bryce Young, who's going to win the Heisman, at the end of the day, what did Bill O'Brien do in this Alabama a team do they put it in his hands you're the reason we're here now go win us this football game and this not is your granddad's alabama team third and two third and three we're going to get in the eye and run and, and just run the lead no they were in five wide we're going to put it in bryce young's hands because that's in the, the day this georgia secondary has not been tested against elite athletes like they are down the field against a quarterback who's elite at almost everything he does Cone, I thought, too, something that was interesting. Uh, and, look, people change, try and change snap counts throughout the whole game. You don't want the defensive line to get a jump on you. But there's always a risk with that, and I talked about this in the recap, because that leads to false starts if you start changing the rhythm and the feel and the cadence and things like that. I thought one of the best things Alabama's offense did, offensive line and quarterback included, you didn't see many false starts. And Georgia wasn't able to time the snap the way they've been timing it all year and jump off the ball. I thought that was something that, that a lot of people won't look at, but I thought Alabama executed. They'd run to the line. They'd hurry up. All right, here we go. Bang, bang. They would either snap it or they wouldn't snap it. They would milk it, would look around. He'd calm it down, make his checks. I thought they did a very good job of diversifying the play snap, uh, the cadence portfolio that they gave Georgia. And that's a small thing that people won't notice, but it's a big deal when you're trying to get that extra half second to get that ball off. 
No, that's that's a great point that you're making there, and that's one of the benefits of having a neutral site game, right? And these, these conference championships yeah. being at neutral yeah. sites. I mean, this game could have looked very different had Alabama had to go in between the hedges and win this football game. Uh, but you know, one of the things that I was I was smiling at yesterday, right, even when the game started, because what I was saying in the keys to victory on Friday was I think that Alabama needs to quit game to set up the run. And then if they can set up that run, then they can take vertical shots. That's exactly what they did. The very first play, Bryce Young kicks the key out to the side, right? Okay, yep. kicks the key. They got the quick game working. Then they start to establish the run a little bit. And then what happened? Then you're starting to see 65-yard touchdown pass to Williams, yep. you know? So I think that Bill O'Brien called a great game here. And, and, and I mean, they needed to. Not one game too short, Jay, right? I mean, win the SEC no, championship the way they did. I mean, they, they, they hit it perfectly. They knocked it out of the park. And speaking about knocking out of the park, we're going to get kind of the in-depth Georgia look at it. We're obviously going to be covering it from all angles, Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, everybody, uh, the bowl games that have been announced. There's some great bowl games. But what a better guy to bring on to talk a little Georgia, you know, uh, the people that are calling for Kirby to be fired, stuff like that, than Rusty Manziel uh, of Dogs 247. Let's get Rusty Manziel in here. Uh, great interview with a guy that always does a good job when he comes on. All right, everybody, as we have uh, our road game here, uh, our pre-recorded show Monday wanted to bring in Rusty Manzel uh, off a crazy, wacky Saturday. What did we come to expect in 2021? Uh, Dogs two four seven do an unbelievable job over there. But Rusty, we're gonna get down to the nitty gritty. But first, in your view, what the hell happened, man? Georgia ran into a buzzsaw. You know, I think uh, I spent some time with Bryce Young um, in, in San Antonio, and I'm telling you, man, that guy is a difference maker. Yes. I think he's. I think he stepped on the national stage on Saturday in the biggest game of the year so far, and he showed the entire country why he was a five star. What he can do. I mean, he just made play after play. I had an elevated view in the press box, so the second the touchdown he threw in the second half early uh, to Jamison Williams. I mean, man, that thing was on the freaking money. He dropped that thing in a bucket between two guys, Lewis Seen. And Keely Ringo, I mean, it was an unbelievable throw. And I knew right then this dude's dialed in different today. Yeah, and, and you know, Rusty, watching that game, there's a bunch of things we can take from it. I mean, Bryce, he won the Heisman Saturday. Really, No, that, no doubt. No, that, look no question. But, you know, I, I hear people saying, oh, well, you know, you know, I even heard it on the, you know, the national show with, with the playoff review. Well, you know, Georgia going in, knowing if they lost, they'd be two or three. And I just don't see this team built that way. I, I, those guys on defense came back for this game. Uh, they no didn't come back for Georgia Tech. So me uh, sitting here saying, oh, well, they may have overlooked him. I just don't think that's in their DNA. Uh, it doesn't yeah. mean they're not going to be able to come back and win the second game. But I don't know if that's a sword you want to fall on. I just don't see th that program right now being like that. Georgia hasn't gotten over the hump for one team. It's Alabama. So, they're, I mean, they're, they have no – there was no reason whatsoever for Georgia to overlook or look ahead past Alabama. They know that's the team – standing in front of them. I mean, they've, won, they've done all this stuff under Kirby Smart. I can name off all the stuff they've done. They haven't beat Alabama. They haven't beat Alabama in that building again now. So uh, for the narrative to be they're overlooking Alabama, we're already in, don't buy it one bit whatsoever. They got a tails whip on Saturday, and that, that, that was the bottom line. You know, Rusty, one of the things that surprised me, and, and I know Alabama shuffled some guys around in, in that Auburn game. You know, if you're getting wake-up calls week 11 and week 12, I mean, it's already too late. I, I don't buy into that, especially the way that Saban runs his program. But what I thought was interesting was Georgia, really for the first time, wasn't able to get there with their four 
and five-man yeah. pressures. Uh, and it gave Bryce time. He was able to extend the play. He was able to get out of the pocket and dump it off to the back. Were you surprised that Georgia struggled uh, to beat the Alabama? You know, the run game, it wasn't like Alabama ran through Georgia. They ran for 115 yards. Let's not yeah. act like they ran for 300 yards. But were, how surprised were you that Georgia wasn't able to get more pressure and, and kind of get more into Bryce Young's head and get him on the ground? I mean, they got to him. They couldn't get him to the ground. That was the thing that kind of surprised me. Uh, you know, that play he made where he's rolling through the pocket and Trayvon Walker's got a hold of him. And before he goes, he dumps it off for like a 19-yard gain. You, you know, and those types of things. Yesterday, uh, you know, for the reasons we all know, yesterday was a day Georgia missed Adam Anderson. I mean, he's a, he was a five-star. You know, he's a potential NFL first-rounder. He's a guy that can run a 4-4. They used him in multiple ways uh, to spy a guy like Bryce Young to be able to do different things with him. They didn't have that yesterday. And that's not making an excuse. They didn't have him. They don't have him anymore. So you got to move on. But you saw some of that deficiency yesterday in the pass rush, some of that depth gone. And yeah, it did kind of surprise me a little bit. You got to credit Alabama, man, because Auburn yeah. gave them fits. And yesterday they rebounded and had a hell of a game against Georgia up front. Hey, you know, I know we got a while till you play in the playoff. I know this one stings. Uh, but Kirby said it, and it makes a lot of sense. Alabama lost to AM. They were able to rally the troops and understand your back's against the wall. Now your back's 100% against the wall going into play Michigan. Sure. I want to get into that matchup in a second. But do you think this team with the leadership that they have will be able to regroup and go put a better product out there on the field? No question. I heard, that, I heard it was a very, very emotional locker room. I heard three or four upperclassmen really gave some speeches and laid out some things that they expect this team to do. And that doesn't surprise me one bit. I mean, there is some senior guys that came back, and they didn't come back to get beat by 17 again in the SEC championship. So we're going to see. But, I can, I mean, I have zero hesitation, zero hesitation that this team will rebound uh, and be an extremely tough out in the playoffs. they got to go through Michigan and probably Alabama at some point if they want to cap this thing off. But Georgia, whoever puts Georgia out, is going to have a hell of a fight in their hands, and I, I'm, I'll stand behind that. Uh, for sure. And, and you know, it's funny, Rusty, I, I want to let you comment on it. I talked about it, you know, a little bit earlier in the show. The Georgia fans that want Kirby Smart fired, to me, <laughs> you are one math problem away from being sent to Shutter Island. Like, can you just please comment on that? Because it's the ridiculousness of it's unbelievable. I, you know, it's it's uh, I deal with it now. Uh, I'm used to it. I understand the emotion. It's the reason I have a job. Usually, you know what you're doing. People are passionate yeah. about this. You know, <laughs> those kind of people. I say, look, you know, you pay your money every month to to give your opinion. But I'm old enough to know uh, this is probably some of the best in the history. If you take away the Herschel Walker years of 80, 81 and 82, what Kirby Smart has done. Win a Sugar Bowl, win a Rose Bowl, play for national championship. He played for his fourth SEC championship yesterday. Uh, you know, he won a New Year's Day six bowl. He's had recruiting classes. What he has done in basically his first six years in Athens, it's 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 top of the charts to me. Uh, he's got one, he's got to get over a hump. He's got to beat Alabama. I mean, that is where Georgia is uh, to take the next step, uh, not only to win a national championship to kind of erase some of that narrative, but what Kirby Smart has done to Georgia has absolutely built that roster stack with NFL guys. They've just got to find a way uh, to get past Alabama. And right now, Alabama, when they played Georgia, they walk into the building going, we're about to take care of business, and they did it again yesterday. Definitely. And, and you look at this matchup with Michigan, and, and we're going to talk about it from you know one end of the spectrum to the other. Sure. When I look, Rusty, from an identity standpoint, these teams are almost identical in what they want sure. to do. They want to be physical on the ground. The quarterback – 
uh, isn't a guy that can throw 45, 50 times, uh, you know, whether it's McNamara, whether it's Stetson Bennett, that's really not their game. You look on the defensive side, the front seven is very good. The secondary, a couple questions, but we know they're talented. Uh, man, when I look at this matchup, I know Georgia's going to come ready to play. Michigan's playing with house money. How do you kind of see the matchup? Uh, I would definitely give the advantage to Georgia early on, just looking at some things speed-wise. I think some of the people yeah. I've talked with that I, I normally lean with that don't have a dog in the fight were like, look, Georgia's going to have some advantages here and some advantages there. I think when you look at Michigan, you look at a competent team, you look at a big, nasty team, and you got to watch 97 come off the edge because that dude is an absolute terror. He's a freak. He, playing. he looks like I mean, he should play at Georgia. He looks, I, he looks like one of the Bosa's. You know what I mean? I watched him last night. Yeah, and I was like, really That's does. a Bosa. Like, that, that guy is at least a second cousin of somebody in the Bosa family. So uh, when you look at those guys, and, and they're, they're, there's some, there's going to be more digging into that. But my initial thoughts, I kind of like the matchup for Georgia, but certainly not sitting here trying to predict Georgia's going to run through Michigan. I'm going to have to pick one, um, you know, sooner or later. But right now, my early thoughts, I think it's a pretty good matchup for Georgia. We're going to see. It's going to be how they rebound. And, and I'm confident early on right now. Uh, barring any kind of injuries or anything happens, going to get another month with uh, George Pickens, get him back involved and kind of see where they go. But I, I think that Georgia, I expect them to be a really good football team going down to Miami. We'll see how they handle it. You know, Miami, you know, the more I dug around all this stuff, it didn't seem like many teams want to go there because there's a lot of distractions on South Beach. There um, is. You know, that is that is going to be a key to how these teams handle this. I mean, this is a – Orange Bowl for both of these teams, first one, so in a long, long, long time. So we'll see how both teams handle that that week in South Beach. Yeah, well, Rusty Manziel, dog, dog 247. And I don't I don't want to get too personal here, but I'm going to tell you how good of a guy Rusty Manziel is. I reached out to him about three hours ago, and he agreed on a Sunday to come on the show. Man, Rusty, I really appreciate that, brother. I know awesome. you're busy coming off a game after yesterday, man, but it means a lot. I know our audience enjoys it as well. You in Vegas? I'll see you in Vegas. Man, I'm in Den- look, I'm in De- I'm in actually in Boulder right now. Flying out to Vegas yeah. tomorrow. We're gonna be at the nice. National uh, College Football Awards. Got some big time interviews lined up there. So uh awesome. it's a couple road games. So we're pre-recorded today, live tomorrow, uh, and the rest of the week. But Rusty, I appreciate it. But tell everybody again where they can find your work. I know you got some great deals over there too. Yeah, anywhere on Dogs two four seven and uh, anywhere on Twitter at Mansell two four seven, man. I got one question for you. How tight hey, was Josh Pace's shirt yesterday when you saw him? Man, I almost thought it was painted on. Uh, you know, I, I thought maybe it was one of those, you know, they, they painted on. But no, it's funny. Um, Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Goodyear tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Goodyear test results. 
tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano. And we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sitting there during the show in the College Football Hall of Fame, sitting there during the show, and I get a text because my phone's always, you know, on in case something yeah. breaks, whatever, whatever. Sure. Uh, and I get a text from Barrett Sally that says, hey, look up. And so literally you can see me yesterday during the show, look up, and him and Josh are like in this oh, narrow corridor. Like, Come on down here, man. So they both yeah. came down, and and uh, it was a great, great time. But great no, guy. man, Josh great never guy. misses our That's great. Josh never goes, misses oh, dude. Oh, no, I'm sitting in line with him, with, with, with Barrett Salee and those guys trying to get in to get our stuff checked, to get in the dome. And people are coming up, taking pictures with him and all that stuff. So it was awesome. But he told me he'd, he'd stop by down and saw you guys. So We love uh, Josh, man. Both, we love oh, Josh. Congratulations to both of you. You're doing a hell of a job, man. Well, man, I'm, I'm trying to get like you, Rusty. I'm get like you, we'll oh, be all right. But, brother, I, I appreciate it, man. And, and uh, you know, I'm sure I'm going to be reaching out to you again. As, now the wait starts. Now here no we doubt. go. So no uh, it's going to be interesting. I appreciate you, man. This episode is brought to you by Sun Chips. Sun Chips are making it easy to snack a little smarter this year, so you don't have to give up your favorite snack. Reveal what else you're never going to give up in 2022 for a chance to win $1,000. Official rules at NeverGonnaGiveItUp.com. No purchase necessary. Enter by February 27th, 2022. 17 plus, 50 US, DC, and PR. This episode is brought to you by Death on the Nile, exclusively in theaters Friday. The greatest detective of all time, Hercule Poirot, returns to solve another deadly case. Join Poirot on a wild ride down the Nile River, promising luxury, intrigue, and murder. Grab your friends and get ready to solve this murder mystery on the big screen. Starring Kenneth Branagh and Gal Gadot. Premiering only in theaters Friday. Thanks, guys. Rusty always does a great job. Appreciate him hopping on, especially on short notice. But, and I know yesterday was the big game, but still, it's crunch time for the dogs. And we're happy, as usual, to be partnered with the great folks over there at Space Dogs. Uh, you know, I was always curious about crypto, to be honest with you. 
Uh, maybe I'm not smart enough to understand it. Uh, but after I linked up with these guys at Space Dogs, you know, I know about the space, especially about the new dogs token, how that stuff works out. It takes the mystery out of crypto. And that, that's the thing that I needed to know because you think it's some pseudo thing until they explain it to you how it works, the benefits of it. Like I said, it takes the mystery out of it. And with their upcoming dogs wallet and space card, you'll be able to spend your cash or crypto at your favorite stores. It's easy. It's fast. It's fun. The dog's wallet and the space card take away everything, every misconception about crypto, and you can get started in what is a booming crypto market. I mean, just look up. It's nuts. So run with the dogs. They're still in it at dogs.io. That's D-A-W-G-S dot I-O. Space dogs. Run with the pack. Now, you know, Cone, we, we keep looking how crazy this coaching carousel is, right? And right when you think it couldn't get any crazier, it couldn't get any more nuts. There are reports, and, and I got to give it to you, dog. You you said it. You said it last week. Uh, you got a message saying that he you think it'll be done by Sunday. Uh, a signed deal with Mario Cristobal in Miami, even though Manny Diaz is still there. This is just a wild situation. But you know, my thing with Mario Cristobal is it, it it would be the best hire that Miami could possibly make. I mean, this is a guy that is considered a top five coach in college football. It's a guy that I'm telling you. Alabama wants after Saban. He played there. A lot of people were talking about, including ourselves, do they have the money? Is it the right time with everything that's going on? But it is looking like Mario Cristobal could possibly be the next head coach of Miami. It may have been announced uh, already as we're recording this on Sunday and dropping it on Monday. But to me, when I look at this, Miami is one of the schools, and I put LSU in this category, that all they need is a spark and the coolness, and the swag, and the brand, and how much it connects with the youth these days, and how legitimate that place can be once it gets popping, is mind-boggling. And Mario Cristobal, the minute he is named the head coach, if it goes through, the transfer portal will be on fire for Miami. Miami will instantly have become cool again. You will start seeing the you stuff everywhere. The bad boys are back. And I think Mario Cristobal is the type guy to embrace it. But here's the difference with Mario. Mario's not just the raw, he's not a raw, raw guy. He's not a, hey, you know, you know, you know, open the door. I'm going to kick your ass type thing until he has to be. He understands structure. He understands organization. He understands that for Miami to be Miami, it's not about having the cool wide receivers all the time. It's not about having the DBs, you know, with the gold teeth all the time. You got to be able to line up and kick somebody's ass up front. That's what you have to be able to do. And that's what Miami's got to get back to. Because look, everybody asks, oh, why does the SEC dominate? It's a very simple formula. They're better than you up front. Why did Brian Kelly go to Notre Dame? He can get better linemen. That's the key to get you over the hump, to get you in the elite door, to get you into the championship party. You have to be able to be good enough up front on the offensive and defensive line to be able to hold up. And Mario is going to bring that back to Miami. And for the rest of the ACC and for some of these other schools around the area, that is a scary, scary thought. Because look at Dabo right now. You got Venables, who we're going to talk about in a second, maybe going to Oklahoma, and Mario's coming down the street to Miami. But you know the best part about this, if it happens, guys? This would be great for college football. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, that's what I care about the most. Because for college football to operate at the best pace it can, Miami needs to be good. Florida State needs to be good. I can make a case that it's more important in college football for Miami to be good than Oregon to be good. Because you can go around the country, and if you ask a high school player, name 10 colleges, college football teams, Miami's going to be one of them. Miami has that image that Mario Cristobal, in my opinion, can go embrace 
but be organized. And if you're, if you embrace the hate and you're organized and you can recruit, that is a recipe to be very good. And there is a lot of, of space and, and, and property to be taken in the ACC right now. So if Miami makes this hire and it goes through, I don't care about the optics with Manny Diaz. Say what you want. They brought him in to win. It's like the people at LSU complaining about Tommy Moffitt. Brian Kelly didn't come in there to, to do what you wanted him to do. That's what we've been trying to say. Brian Kelly came in there to do what he wants to do to be able to do something he hasn't been able to. So at the end of the day, if they make this hire, it's great for Miami and it's fantastic for college football, in my opinion. What do you guys think? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, for our listeners out there, we're recording this on Sunday, right? This will air on Monday, so I know a lot's going to happen. But yes, I got word today a little bit before noon that uh, Mario Cristobal is actually signed and sealed um, at Miami. Now, we, we had gotten similar word on Lincoln Riley at LSU several weeks ago, right? You never know how these coaches and these agents are, are, are using leverage here with these deals. But with Mario Cristobal having had played at Miami, I just, you know, I don't know if this is so much of a leverage play as it is wanting to coach his alma mater. Now, it seems like there are some foundational issues there, right? I mean, they're hiring an AD and a head coach simultaneously before the current head coach is even being let go. Those <laughs> those are foundational problems yeah. to me, right? You have to get that stuff figured out. But at the same time, you if, if Miami were to close this deal, you're getting a world-class head football coach, and there are only so many of those guys in the country who can yeah. come in and immediately turn the table for you. No, yeah, I would agree. And you look at Miami here, they're making their decision they're making their decision they want to be relevant in football again and they need to be you know mario exactly what you hit jake mario's kind of that guy in the back with the light on a little bit smoking a fat cigar making a lot of big boy decisions and people and you look at mario <laughs> cristobal and he only thing he does is recruit up front recruit up front recruit up front front and that's what you need as a miami hurricane team because you can go get skill players receivers yeah you can go get them but to solidify yourself in the ACC, which is wide open right now, extremely wide open, you have to bring the hogs up front on both sides of the football to set yourself apart. And it's going to take time. You know it's going to take time. But if you're making the decision as a program, Miami, that you want to be relevant in football again, I can't imagine a better hire than Mario Cristobal. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And again, that, like you said, you know, with the timing of it, we'll see with announcements and this, this, that, and the other. Uh, but the Venables, you know, Venables to uh, Brent Venables, the D.C. at Clemson, a guy that people thought going to take a job forever, looking like he's going to be the guy at Oklahoma. And to me, it's 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 almost like Oklahoma has such a bad taste in their mouth about Lincoln Riley yeah. that they want to hire the best available. But they're like, let's go get a defensive guy. Like, like let's yeah. just let, let's just do something different. And look, is Brent a grand slam hire? We don't know that yet. He hasn't been a head coach yet. But I promise you this, you're going to be able to tackle. You're mm -hmm. going to be able to stop people. And if he goes and gets Jeff Levy from Ole Miss, and we've mentioned this on the show, Jeff Levy's one of the most innovative offensive minds in the country. He's a guy that I think is very underrated because you look at Ole Miss and you think it's just Lane's Kip, Lane Kiffin's deal. No, it's not. It's a blend. To quote Mr. Cheezle from Grandma's Boy, it's a dandelion nettle blend. <laughs> but when you look at what Jeff could bring to Oklahoma, with what because I think Brent's the type to be like, listen, you do what you do on offense. Obviously, I'm going to monitor it if I see anything, this, that, and the other. He's not going to micromanage and let me have the defense. And I think that's that's a great situation for Oklahoma going into the SEC because guess what? If you're great on offense in the SEC, cool story. But you better be pretty good on defense too or at least good enough to make up uh, you know, some sort of difference if the offense isn't clicking. So Jeff Levy now, 
And I know Ole Miss has gotten better on defense. They couldn't get much worse than they were two years ago. You're going from a place where you had to score against elite teams, 35, 42, 49, sometimes even 56 to win. Man, now you almost got to score 30, almost 27, because I'm telling you guys right now, Brent Venables will have that defense coached up. They will yes. be ripping, they will be roaring, and they will be ready to go. So if you're Oklahoma, I know you got caught flat-footed. Notre Dame got caught flat-footed, hired Marcus Freeman, thought that was a good choice. But looking at this hire, if it goes through with Oklahoma, I don't think it's a bad hire at all. And every hire pretty much out of four or five guys is a gamble, as, as we've mentioned. But I don't think Oklahoma is breaking bad going with, with this decision. I actually kind of like it a little bit. Look, I'll act as I the think booster club. Tougher, honestly, I think they'll be tougher. Yeah, I'll act as the booster club today. I have a few questions here for you. Um, the first one is, was this Brent Venable's plan all along, Jake? I mean, we saw Kirby Smart turn down a lot of head coaching opportunities so he could go coach his alma mater. I mean, did Brent Venables turn down a lot of head coaching opportunities until maybe Oklahoma could possibly one day become available where he spent so much time as a D.C.? And then the second side of it is for Jeff Levy, I mean, it sounds like he's going to get a, a chance to be a head coach soon. Does he just go ahead and ride this thing out with Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss until he gets his head coaching shot? Or do you see going and being the OC at Oklahoma with Venables as a clear step up? Uh, you know, when, when I look at your first question and you talk about, you know, building equity and, and waiting for the right job, my dad used to tell me there was a saying, he used to say, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do should do it. And when you look at guys like Kirby and you look at guys, you know, like a Venables, and you can even throw Jeff Levy in this category uh, when it comes down to the, you know, head coaching searches, you don't want to rush into a decision just because you have a chance. It needs to be the right fit. And to me, Brent, number one, Clemson, or Brent owes Clemson nothing. I mean, he's put in his time there, has been fantastic, been one of the main reasons they've done what they've been able to do. But sometimes the right one just comes along. And I think Brent was buying his time. And look, every circumstance is different. Everybody, you know, these guys have families. We don't know that situation. What's the contract details look like? So everything is a little bit different. But if Brent takes this job, obviously he feels good about it. And you're going to be a head coach in the SEC. It's not like you're going to be the head coach. And, and this isn't a knock on anybody at, at Georgia State. You're going to be in the SEC, so you get a chance to prove your mettle, and you're obviously going to get paid handsomely. You'll be able to recruit. You'll be able to bring in good coaches. And the time is now. When you, and when you look around the country, if I'm Brett Venables or his agent, and I'm looking at some of these salaries and this money, it's like, man, it, it's time to strike while the iron's hot. People are paying to pay. And Oklahoma needs a hero. They need a hero. <laughs> they really do. Uh, but looking at Jeff Levy, to me, I think you're in a great spot. Uh, I think it's smart if you stay and, and smart if you go. But to me, maybe Jeff Levy wants to get out of that Lane Kiffin shadow a little bit. Maybe Jeff mm. Levy wants to go to a place and say, you know what? It wasn't just Lane Kiffin. It was me. Because regardless of how good the OC does at a school coached by Lane Kiffin as the head coach, they're always going to give the credit to Lane. Is that wrong? No. But it's it's the nature of the beast. It's the fact of the matter. So maybe Levy wants to get out and say, you know what? Kick me out of the nest and watch me fly. Uh, and I, I think that may be a route he's going to take. I don't know. I, I look at it, and you know, you look at Oklahoma being the SEC in a couple years, but I, I look at that Oklahoma job as almost a, a – a, if you're going to go be the OC of Oklahoma, it's almost a step down, in my opinion, right? Because it's going to take a couple years – I mean, two or three years for Oklahoma to get where they need to be in the SEC. But do I do I like the hires? Uh, I I would like the hire if the if he does get it done. 
I love it for Oklahoma because you look at Oklahoma and what their ceiling was when it comes to the playoffs and getting into the big games. It was their defense, right? And you can always uh, – I feel like no matter who it is, you get the OC, obviously somebody good. And Oklahoma's always been known for scoring points. They're going to score points. In that conference, they score points. You haven't seen that kind of lately, but that is what usually happens in that conference. And with this hire, I feel like you are setting a foundation to where we're sick of getting 50 dropped on us in the playoffs. Every time we go there and you look at a 12 team, you will be able to score 21 to 24 to 30 points a game and win big games. And you go back and look how the great ones kind of got made, that formula, that stew behind it with the Sabins and the Kirby Smarts and these defensive guys getting these jobs, you know, to where you always be structured on defense. And it just kind of floods to your entire program and I think Venables knows his time is now you know might as well because we kind of talked you know the supply really didn't match the demand of the coaches the big name hires they wanted Mm -hmm. out there and Venables fits in perfect at Oklahoma and it's complete 180 if you're Oklahoma now you can look at that defense because he will get guys out there on the on that defense from the defensive line to the backers to the safeties you will be fundamentally solid on defense and I think it's a good switch up for Oklahoma fans kind of what they need to see as what you kind of said Jake as in getting tougher not only as a football team but you better be in the SEC so you better make it as a fan base yeah and I don't disagree with your point on Levy about you know maybe looking at Oklahoma as a downgrade for him as opposed to where he's at but many people may have seen um, many people may have seen taking the DC job for, at Clemson for Venables as a downgrade from when he was a DC at Oklahoma and look what he's gone and helped create there maybe Levy could be to Venables what Venables you know has been to Dabo Sweeney at yeah. Clemson and helping create that magic I do want to say this because I, I do kind of want to push back on, on the mm. step down in Oklahoma because to me it's, it's a little bit deeper. The rabbit hole is a little bit deeper than what's just on the surface because a lot yeah. of people said – and look, Kirby hadn't beaten Alabama won the natty yet, but they've won a hell of a lot of games. He's done a really good mm-hmm. job at Georgia. A lot of people were talking about Kirby saying, oh, well, when he goes to be a head coach, that was Nick Saban's defense. So we don't know really if he's for real or if Nick Saban was just recruiting great players and he was out there calling quarters and stuff like that. To me – Getting out of a shadow is a real thing. And I'm not saying there's any problem between Levy or Kiffin. I mean, I, I think it's it's obviously a great matchup. They obviously love each other. I mean, you know, Levy and Bryles are tight too. But at some point, do you think Levy's tired of, oh, well, it's Lane Kiffin's offense. It's Lane Kiffin's offense. It's Lane Kiffin's offense. We really don't know. We really don't know. If you go out to Oklahoma, we all know Brent Venables is a defensive guy. Mm-hmm. That's not a shock or a surprise to anybody. If the offense works, it's Jeff Levy's offense. I think he may be looking at thinking if I go out to Oklahoma as the D.C., I could get a bigger head coaching job quicker than if I stayed at Ole Miss as the O.C. and then had to go take, you know, no offense, but a Memphis or a Middle Tennessee or or somewhere like that. I think he may be seeing the beach through the forest here a little bit. And you know what? Sometimes it's good to throw the change up. Yeah, no, I, I can I can see what you're saying there, and that's a little risk for reward right there. Mm-hmm. The only thing I know is this: is you're coming into the SEC, all right? You know, Ole Miss is a, basically established right now with the players you can get, the system that we got, the ranked top ten. They're doing great. You come in the SEC, there's going to be a couple years where you're you're going to have to take your bumps. All right, I don't know what the win and loss record looks, but this could be a risk and reward I move. Agree. You can look great at Ole Miss. You are looking great at Ole Miss. You're the OC Ole Miss. People know that you can call football plays. You come into an Oklahoma team that's entering the new conference, not only a new conference, but the conference of college football. And in my opinion, I don't think Oklahoma's going to come in here and just absolutely set the world on fire. So you're taking a risk going there and maybe get your your ass whooped a little bit for two years to try mm-hmm. to get a bigger job or you could well, maybe well, go I, again I another year at Ole Miss and still get a big job 
job because at the end of the day, they know it's Lane Kiffin's team and it's almost Lane Kiffin's offense. But everyone knows behind that headset, Jeff Levy is in there whipping it up in the box. Yeah, he's whipping the work. We all know that. But Cone, I'm looking at it, you know, could Levy and, – and it's never as simple as one position. But when you're the OC, the quarterback is obviously – vitally important to your survival and the ability to put food on your family's table. Do you think Levy would look and say, well, Matt Corral's gone. Uh, Caleb Williams may be staying. Could it be a, a quarterback situation? <laughs> Possibly. I mean, look, Oklahoma has never been a bad place to be an offensive minded person, right? So, but I mean, look, the risk and the reward is always higher for a coordinator who doesn't share the skill set of their head coach, right? So That's when you look at true. it like that, I mean, look, people like Venables uh, and Nick Saban, these guys are always going to need great OCs, far more than they need great DCs, right? Just like Lincoln Riley's and the Lane Kiffins are always going to need better defensive coordinators than they need offensive coordinators because at the end of the day, they can just call the plays, right? I mean, we said this, you just said it about Kirby Smart and it was Nick Saban's defense and all that. So I don't know, maybe Jeff Levy sees this as an opportunity to sort of go and be and have the offense. And like like I was saying, be, be to, to, to Venables what Venables was able to be to Dabo Sweeney. It'll be interesting, but like you said, I think that he is in a win-win position right now or the way that the, the way that the coaching carousel has gone, maybe someone reaches out for a head coaching opportunity here before Christmas for him. I don't know. Well, it's kind of, I think yeah. it's kind of, you look at the same thing with Dan Lanning at Georgia, right? Yeah. I mean, you look at the same thing at Dan Everybody knows Dan Lanning can coach the defense, and he's phenomenal at it. Do they look at it as Kirby's defense somewhat? Yeah, but you look at it, you look at Kirby, and wow, Dan Lanning's absolutely amazing. So, I mean, it's risk-reward. If you're Dan, you're perfect where you're at. Your defense is absolutely phenomenal, and you will get a head coaching job, a huge head coaching job, I think, at some point. And if you're Jeff Levy, I mean, why couldn't you be in that same boat? Yeah, yeah. and to the people that say, oh, well, wait a minute, Dan Lanning's defense just got torched. The first time all year, you know, to be honest with you. Like, if you're, yeah. you're, you're this – Look, it's like on the death of Stalin when, when the, the Soviet Union plane crashed and, and the hockey players were all on it and they wanted the, the new hockey players to be as good as, the, good as the pro ones. And the coach looks at Stalin's son and goes, well, the plane crashed. And he looks at him and goes, Soviet Union planes do not crash. Listen, nobody is perfect. No team is perfect. Anybody that thinks Dan Lanning and Georgia Stevens hasn't been good this year, uh, like I always say on the show, there is an unbelievable set of beachfront properties in Kansas that I have for a very cheap price that I will basically give to you for that cheap price if you need to know that. All right, it's the holiday season, and if you don't know what to get as a gift or a stocking stuffer, well, today's sponsor, Manscaped, has the tools to guarantee you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. Manscaped is the leader in men's below-the-waist grooming, and they have served more than 4 million men worldwide. And you can get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with the promo code JBOY20. That's J-B-O-Y-20. I always say, look, whether it's the holidays, regardless, you got to look good to play good. But guys, it tis the season to perform. Let's put it that way. Uh, their best-selling product is the Performance Package 4.0, which is at the top of every man's wish list this year. I, I want to be safe, want to look good, don't want to cut myself. That's the best relationship uh, I've ever had. You've got the weed whacker, uh, ear and nose hair trimmer. Uh, they've got the toner, the crop preserver, the deodorant. If you get the performance package, you get free Manscaped boxers and a shed travel bag. So look, go to manscaped.com right now. All right. Use the promo code JBOY20 and you get 20% off and free shipping. You may, I'm telling you guys, make sure you hurry to the site to make sure these gifts show up before the holiday season. Trust me. All right. And while you're at it, get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with the promo code jboy20 that's jboy20 you'll be the ballsiest gift giver all year it is monday so that means it's time for 
five big questions. Cone, hit me with them. Okay, so look, the first one is, should Notre Dame join a conference, which we already know your answer to, so here's what I really, really want to know, okay, is does Notre Dame need to join a conference to ever make a four-team playoff without being undefeated again? You know, like they have one loss right now. Are they going to have to join a conference? Well, you know, I I think there's a few situations that Notre Dame has to monitor. You know, I I think they should join a conference. I mean, even, you know, a lot of people say the Big Ten. I thought when they were in the ACC, it was phenomenal. Uh, I thought it made college football better. Uh, they obviously beat Clemson and then lost to him in the conference championship game. But you look now, they lose one game doing what they're doing in the 14 playoff. If it stays a 14 playoff, if the if the committee says, you know what, this 12 team's not the move. We don't want to go to eight yet. We're going to keep it a 14 playoff. I think Notre Dame has to because you're going to be on consistently on the outside looking in. And with Oklahoma and, and Texas and these conferences kind of switching, I'm not talking about the super conferences yet, but these conferences adding better teams – the, the ability for you to schedule top flight teams to be able to play, to be able to get over that hump in the playoff is running out of time as well. So if it stays at four, I think they have to. I know a lot of Notre Dame people don't want to hear it. And we talked to, to Pete Sampson, who said he thought it was because of facilities, why Brian Kelly left. But I don't see how that wasn't in the back of his mind. Uh, and now you look and they're saying, well, if it's a 12-team playoff, if Notre Dame doesn't join a conference, you don't get any of the buys which is humongous from a depth standpoint when you get to that time of year. But there's another scenario where where I feel like Notre Dame's hand is going to be forced. If we start going to super conferences, and Pete Sampson from The Athletic who covers Notre Dame, it's the second time I've referenced them, said the same thing. They're going to have to. It doesn't matter how much NBC money they're paying if we go to super conferences. So if they stay at a four-team playoff, I think they're going to have to get in one. If they decide to go to super conferences and we have like you know an AFC, NFC situation – they're going to have to pick a side and join a conference. So, you know, me personally, even if it did go to 12 and we didn't have super conferences, I think they should join a a conference anyway because it's better for them and it's better for college football, but they don't want to hear that. So I think those two scenarios, one of those two scenarios – would have to happen for Notre Dame to join a conference. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of speculation that Dave Aranda might take one of these head coaching jobs that we were talking about, right? It looks like for the time being, he's going to stay put at Baylor. So my next question is, is Baylor a big boy in the making? Well, I mean, look at the makeup of the Big 12 going forward. I think Dave Aranda made a calculated decision. He said, wait a minute. So we just won the Big 12, and I'm early in my career here. I'm going to be able to recruit really well. We have a bunch of guys coming back. Texas and Oklahoma are leaving the conference, and you're giving me Cincinnati, BYU, Houston, uh, and then the next one uh, escapes me, UCF. So you're giving me them, and we're losing Texas and Oklahoma. Not that Texas and Oklahoma are world beaters, but they are the brand names of that conference. To me, I think Dave Aranda says, wait a minute, I'm at a private school, and we could eventually be the brand name of the Big 12 in the state of Texas And in the whole Big 12. So I think he's seeing that Baylor could raise their profile and, you know, to take something from the NCAA football game, raise their program prestige and become a dominant force in a Power 5 conference that if the playoff does expand to 12, you're going to get an automatic bid if you win it and you're sitting on top of it right now and they're going to pay you. So I think Dave Aranda made a smart decision, a very, very smart decision because I think they're trying, you know, to take a quote from Beyonce, you know, let me upgrade you. That's what Dave Aranda's looking around and saying, hey, I can upgrade you and y'all can upgrade us and Baylor can get upgraded in general. So I think he actually is playing 3D chess here, and I think it's a brilliant move. Yeah, that's a great perspective. All right, next one here. We talked about a little bit. All right, last night, did Bryce Young lock up the Heisman? 
oh, look, you, you might as well just just engrave his name on the trophy. Uh, and in a year where nobody's really gone out and taken it, Bryce Young, la, uh, Saturday night or Saturday afternoon, went out and took it. That performance has locked up the Heisman. And you know what? He should get it. And we've talked about if nobody played well, if you had, you know, just a meager performance from Alabama, uh, we talked about a defensive guy being able to finally get it. But there's no way right now after that performance and just looking at the landscape of what the Heisman Trophy was this year that you can't give it to Bryce Young. They finished number one in the college football playoff. He's had some really big games. Uh, and again, it's it, what's so funny is, you know, 10, 12, 15 years ago, it had been so apropos for a young guy, a sophomore, to win the Heisman. Do you remember when everybody was like, Johnny Menzel, he can't win it. He's not a junior. He hasn't been there long enough. Now we're handing him out to young guys like Candy at ha- uh, Halloween. You know, they, But Bryce has earned it. He earned it in the biggest stage, and he went out there and took it. And you know what Heisman winners do? They go out there and they take it. And I guess we're going to see another Alabama guy in the Heisman house. It's amazing. Uh, the realtor must be from Tuscaloosa. All right, moving on here. We're going to talk about this a lot moving forward. You know, we got a month to dissect these games, but does UGA have a quarterback controversy? <laughs> well, Blaine, I, I, I want to hear what you think on this. And too, but we're back. My, my point is, if, Jay, if they believe, I'm going to tell you guys this, if they believe in JT the way that some of these other people believe in JT, he would have played Saturday. True. Him not playing Saturday told mm-hmm. me all I needed to know. If it was that close, if the leash was that short, he'd have been in the game in the third quarter. But obviously, something is either not right with him physically or overall in general enough for Kirby to put him in. I promise you, Georgia fans, fans of college football, I promise you, if if Kirby Smart and Todd Munkin and all those guys thought by putting in Stetson Bennett that they would have had a chance to come back or putting in uh, JT Daniels, they would have had a chance to come back and win that game. They'd have done it. They'd have done it already. Something, you know, it, sometimes things get lost in translation, but that Georgia's telling you what they think. Now, you could say, all right, we got a lot of time until Georgia plays Michigan. If JT is still beat up, if that thing is still not right, if maybe they're not trying to play him too much so he could redshirt and come back and have another year or an extra year, I don't know. But I don't think you waste a bullet when you haven't won it. I don't think you waste the silver bullet when you haven't killed the werewolf yet. And they have not Mm -hmm. killed the werewolf. And if JT could have helped them, they'd have brought him in the game. There's either something we don't know or something something people believe that's not true. But all I know is I go off who's on the field and who's on the field in what circumstance. JT Daniels was not on the field when the offense was – if you would have seen him the instant that pick six was thrown uh, uh, to Jordan Battle, yeah. you would have seen, but you didn't. Yeah. What uh, do we have any more questions? Yeah, we're going to make this a, a whole segment here, but why don't you just give me your quick take here? Can we finally expand to either eight or twelve um, for the playoff here? Look, I mean, and and <laughs> I was the same guy that got mad when when they moved the extra point back in the NFL, but, but I always want to look what's best for college football. And after watching the amount of parody this year, people say, well, why don't we just keep it the same? Well, why don't we make it even better? It has been the most fascinating college football season of my, honestly, of my life, to be honest with you. I think this has been one of the most enjoyable. And that doesn't mean it's not because we've gotten everything right because we haven't, but that's the beauty of it. You know, if you, if you do get, if you know everything that's going to happen, 
it's not fun. It's like I said, it's, it's the Soviet Union way of thinking. It's the it's this way or it's no other way. It's been fun to watch this. And we're looking at Cincinnati being the playoff. I think we, you know, I'm a big on the eight team. Uh, I think the eight team is good because when you get to 12, I know they're going to go past 12. And anything past 12 is going to mess with the regular season. But at eight, you can always expand to 12 and not mess with the regular season. But it's time. Uh, you look around college football and how great it's been. And, and we've done, you know, the 12-team matchups, what it would look like. You think about a team right now like Baylor having a chance, you know, winning the Big 12, having a chance to go in there and play even though it's not the sexiest or the flashiest way of playing. Uh, even an Oklahoma State team that lost in the Big 12. Are you looking at Ole Miss, a team that if they're healthy is a problem and they would be healthy, not that we'd have to wait this long for a 12-team and start before, but they deserve a shot in my opinion, and it makes it more fun. So to me, I think it's good for the players because at eight, uh, and I guess you could say 12, you're not adding too many games where your health is at risk. Anything past that, I think you're risking their health. But I, I, it's time. Uh, and I know Ross Dellinger, a good friend of the show, does a really good job for Sports Illustrated, tweeted out that, you know, in talks, they almost just said, forget it, fold it up, we'll keep it at four. But I, I think it'd be great, man. We've looked at the matchups. I mean, at one point in the season, we had a Cincinnati versus Kentucky. We, we had an Ole Miss versus Georgia. Uh, we had an A&M versus Oklahoma State. I mean, just so many awesome matchups that involves all of college football. Because for college football to operate at its highest clip and to be as great as it possibly can, we need all hands on deck from the West Coast to the Midwest to the Northeast to the Deep South that we need everybody. And I think you have a chance, as I've talked about, to increase recruiting parity because parity does not – one of the reasons we've seen it, we've had a lot of super seniors come back. It's been an interesting two years. It hasn't been because everybody's starting to recruit great now. Once you start being able to say, I can get us to the playoff, look at us, we're in the playoff, and this film uh, that we can send to scouts, you don't have to go to just Bama or Georgia uh, or, or these certain schools that have kind of had a monopoly on the linemen. You are going to see more teams. How cool is it that Michigan's in this year? How cool is that? I'm not a big pretty Cincinnati cool. fan, but I think pretty it's cool. pretty cool like that, that Cincinnati's in. You know, we're talking about teams that we haven't talked about in a long time. And the only stale thing I like are croutons. So I think it's a good decision. Wow. Croutons. I do enjoy croutons, too. They're pretty they nice. Are. But I think I mean, so, too. It's time. You know, it's time. At the end of the day, I promise you they know it's time because college football, it's a business at the end of the day. And revenue is a real thing. And, you know, I think more of the names and the teams we can put in, the less complaining, you know, and you'll really get to find out. So anybody realistically can win it. You can have a decent season and still get in. I'm just so stoked to watch Notre Dame get in the playoff every year. Can't wait, man. Deserve because they're not going to join a conference. <laughs> we both know that. Because why would they if it comes to a tournament? Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, yeah, well, I've, I've, I've sort of know. been against it. Go yeah, ahead, Jake. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, bro. I was going to say, I've, you know, I've, I've been in favor of the 14 playoff because it solved the problem that we had with the BCS system. And like I've said, there's rarely been a situation where more than three of the teams can have a chance to win the national championship. I think we're seeing that again this year. But at the same time, I'm starting to get more on board for the expansion. Not so much. I mean, look, you could still have upsets. You could have upsets. This isn't basketball at the end of the day. We can't get, get crazy here and think that a 12 is going to upset, you know, a one seed every single season. But 
But in terms of having more teams and more programs be able to participate in the postseason, especially if they're able to do the things that they're asked to do. Cincinnati did everything that they were asked to do. Mm -hmm. I still would probably take an Oklahoma State or a Baylor team over them if they were to play um, head-to-head, right? Or potentially even... uh, yeah, so would Vegas, and they and, and they're the ones who really tell you the deal, or an Ohio State team yeah, over there. The but they've done everything that they've been asked to do. So an expansion of that, I think, would would probably be more rewarding yeah. for us as fans without diluting the regular season or the bowl games. Like the, the bowl games are special for us college football purists. Mm-hmm. They've seemed to be able to uh, to uh, integrate the bowl games into this four team playoff. I think that if they could do that with an eight or a twelve as well, that it could be rewarding for us as fans. I agree 100%. Is that was that the last question we had there Tony? Yes sir, that yeah, wraps I, it up brother. Yeah, nice. I've you know, I want to just mention this and just get it in cuz it's important with that Cincinnati win getting into the playoffs. I will be putting Jake inside of a trash can this week so I just wanted our audience and our fans to know that Jake will be going inside of a trash can. I didn't want to see Cincinnati in, but at least I get to see my brother inside of a trash can. So it works out. Yeah, that was the bet. I mean, you know, I've, I I won the Ole Miss Bama bet earlier. I'm, you know, I'm not afraid to put my money where my mouth is. Now the question is, Blaine, I mean, are, are, are we dumping a trash can on me? Am I jumping in like a dumpster or like what's going on? We'll find one in Vegas. Yeah, we'll find one sure. in Vegas. You know, I kind of got something. Y'all are going to make you jump in, my, in a trash can in I know, Vegas? I kind of got something. No, you don't have to jump in. We'll, we'll take care of it. kind of inside of my head how I want it, how I okay. want it to look. You've been working on this. To go. I've been thinking yeah, about you've it. You've been working on this. I, I don't, whenever he <laughs> so, comes up with something like this, like this is the same guy that's come up with the movie concept, Outer or Inner Earth versus Outer Space. So I'm horrified to see. Uh, that like, is patented by me. You cannot take that title. So, <laughs> no, you cannot take that. It's oh, a that winner. I'm not going to dive into it. But, you know, if we, we'll get on Reddit and we'll talk about it. But it is a winner. So Spielberg, please stay away from it. Yeah, uh, no doubt. But, guys, great show. We're going to be coming at you live in Vegas. Tuesday, Wednesday, have some unbelievable guests. Uh, you know, I I almost don't want to ruin the surprise, uh, but we're going to be out there. It's a road game. Appreciate you guys, the Booster Club. We, You know we love you guys. Uh, the only bad part about not going live is we can't take your questions live, even though at yeah. this point we've done so many shows with y'all. I feel like yeah. I, we answered a lot of questions y'all would have asked, but uh, y'all didn't get to make fun of each other in the Booster Club and let me see it. So that, that that's always a lose-lose. But we appreciate you guys. We're going to be back live tomorrow. Hit that subscribe button, the Volume YouTube channel. Turn on the notifications. Check out everything great. And like the group of five being able to complain about not getting in the playoff. All that, we're going, going. Gone. The J-Boy Show is produced by David Cohn. Associate producer, Blaine Crane. Audio engineer, Faison Sharif. Executive producers, Jake Crane, Vince Thompson, Steve Chamberlain, and David Cohn. Voiceover announcer, Mark Aston. Please subscribe to The Volume on YouTube, where you can catch us live weekdays at 3 p.m. Win the water cooler with The J-Boy Show. The Volume. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission 
parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.